morning, but I didn't have the time. Well, good morning. It's Monday, and it's, uh, let's see, it's August. I should know this day because I'm waiting for my daughter to have a baby like any minute. So it's uh, August 29th. Um, did not do the podcast last week. I think I told everyone my son was getting married, and, you know, it's just, uh, it's it's been a whirlwind around my house with everything that's, that's been going on. And now my daughter's... Uh, She's past her due date, so we're all waiting to wake up and find out that we have a new member in the family uh, just about every morning or every night, so uh, not yet today. So uh, my pick was 8 to 8 yesterday and uh, didn't come through, so now 8-29, and now uh, my my late dad's birthday is 9-3, so I said, well, if you want to do something nice, why don't you just wait till 9-3 and, and let's... Uh, Let's have her on my dad's birthday. It would be a great thing to do. I'm Brett Sasso. This is uh, Retirement Architecture, the opening song, which I think I'm going to keep using that <laughs> um, until they contact me and say, hey, you got to do something. You got to pay for this song. And uh, maybe we'll reach out to his folks. And that's uh, Billy Bragg and uh, Should Have Seen It Coming. And I, I played that song when I was looking for a song, matter of fact, I mentioned it on that podcast when I, I, I found another song, but it was kind of like a modern day, like, I don't even know what you call that modern music, but something doesn't fit with me and, and the audience that I keep. And Anthony came in, he goes, you've got to listen to this song. And he played it and I just fell in love with it. I said, that is the song. So Billy Bragg, if you happen to be listening to this podcast, let's make a deal. Let's help people out. Let's use your your great lyrics, your song. And uh, but anyhow, I think we'll we'll be trying to connect with him and maybe make that our new song for our podcast and for webinars, everything that we do. Um, I've got some things to go over today because of where we ended last week. So, you know, if you've been to any of the webinars, if you've listened to the podcast or certain things I say over and over again, like, you know, when when you're in a a falling market, right? So when the stock market shows signs of weakness, there will always be signs of strength. It's called a rally, bear market rally. And, you know, this this last bear market rally, which I've been talking about, right? And again, I'm not an economist. I'm just somebody who, who is always looking for evidence towards what I believe, which is that the sins of our government and these, this, you know, basically these euphoric times that we've had for the last 20, 30 years, let's go right back to Reagan, uh, have a price tag attached to it. And we're feeling the price tag. It is inflation. It is something that is now becoming uh, evident that it's not going away anytime soon, that it's Really, and, and you know what? You have to understand inflation. There's a book that I'm going to recommend um, that I think everybody should get. And because it, it, if you don't understand inflation, I'm not, I'm not saying that to be, you know, flip or, or try to make fun of anybody, but I didn't understand inflation. Um, to me, it, I always thought of inflation is that things are just getting more expensive. Well, that's really not what inflation is. Inflation really is the devaluing of the money that we have. And their book, I'm looking for the book because I wrote it down. I wanted to mention it to everybody today. So I'm, I'm looking here on my notes for the book. And I, I think it's When Money Dies. Um, give me one second to look through my notes here where I wrote that. I, I think it is When Money Dies. Yes, uh, When Money Dies. And I would strongly suggest 
that if you're a baby boomer like me, I say that all the time, that that's a book you should get so you have a better understanding of what inflation is, what it means to you and I, and why it can't be fixed now. And uh, if you really want to get scared to death, you should listen to or watch, um, I think his name is Bonner. Uh, if anybody wants any of this, just email me today and I'll, I'll be glad to send you out links. Um, but there's a gentleman who spoke on this and his last name is Bonner. He, uh, I think his claim to fame is he went to college or he went to school with, with our current Fed chair, Powell. But he's been right, and he's been right many, many times. And I just watched his video this morning. There was a link on CNBC. So if you're listening to this, we'll push this out today. Um, go to CNBC, and you should be able to catch the video. Now, it's long. I've been watching it probably for 40 minutes today, and I didn't see the end of it. And it's a really, it's really interesting if you've been to the webinars that I've done for the last couple of years, the same charts are on this, this video. And this video just came out. And this is one of the richest people in the world, billionaire, um, has properties. I think he owns 100,000 acres of land in different parts of the world. And he's just coming out and saying, listen, we're, America is going to be in for this horrible winter, right? He's calling it the, uh, the, the winter... America's nightmare winter, he's predicting this. And he's calling this his fourth and final prediction that he was right. You know, he hit Japan, which, hey, there you go. I, I talk about Japan all the time. I, I've been talking about Japan in the 80s before anyone else on any of the things that I've listened to, including um, Peter Schiff and others that, that talk about these things. I was talking about Japan in the 80s probably two years ago. I've had it in my slides in the webinars, using it as something that we should be aware of, that we have a risk to our lifestyles and it has everything to do with how our government has been operating, how it's been doing things, how it's been experimenting with things that have already been experimented, right? It's not like we're experimenting in something new. We're experimenting in things that have already been tested, tried, and failed, and Bonner talks about his his uh, big, he's got a huge property in Argentina, and he talks about Argentina and how Argentina went from this flourishing country to this country that is just, you know, basically eroded and crashed to a point where it's unrecognizable to him, and he lives there. So, you know, I think it's something we should be getting comfortable with. We should start understanding that we have these risks. And the one thing that I've been talking about, and he also references in his video is the effort to go green faster than we really can, right? We, we, we all, I, I don't have anything about going green. I, I like I said, I drive a, uh, a hybrid. It's almost, I guess it's considered an electric car. It's the Chevy Volt with a V. Um, love the car, mostly drive around local, hardly ever use any gas. If I use gas twice a year um, that I have to put gas in, it's usually in the wintertime when the car has to use a, an engine to create heat. Um, to, to basically heat the battery and heat the car. So, you know, I, I don't use much gasoline at all in our primary car. My other car, I don't drive far. I literally can walk out of my office, look over the, the rise in the road to the south, you know, to my left, and I can see my house. So, you know, do I, I come down here on my four-wheeler? I come down here by foot. I come down here and I barely have enough time to start the car and shut it off. Matter of fact, I've had to drive my car a little bit longer because I was starting it and stopping it it's such a close interval that the battery would get weak. So I think there's a lot of things that we have to touch on here. And again, it's not about fear. It's about being 
observant. Remember I talked about that movie, Don't Look Up. Well, that's going on every day. Every day we're, we're listening to the Fed. Oh, we're going to kill and we're going to get rid of inflation. It's going to hurt a little bit. Now, that's why the stock market tumbled on Friday. Now, I've been talking for the last several weeks, right, that the feel-good Fridays are typically an indication of the bear market rallies. We will all want to feel good on Friday, so everyone thinks, okay, next week will be a better week. Well, Friday wasn't a very good day. The Dow, the Dow was down 1,000, and NASDAQ was down 4, almost 5%. That was a bad Friday. So there's two things that can happen on a following Monday today. So the market could either bounce back and rally, right, because – Everyone thinks that just, oh boy, there was just a bunch of crazy people selling. Or it could be followed by another down period. And and some might even say, including Peter Schiff, that it could have been a Black Monday. Today could have been a Black Monday. Well, how would that impact you? <laughs> have you have you taken the bait of a, of a head fake, right? The head fakes, if you remember in the webinars, the head fake has happened every time we've had a down market. We've suffered a, a whole bunch of head fakes that gave us false sense of comfort. Now, we just had a big head fake. I know that, that Brian, who, who manages a lot of the, uh, the money that, that comes through our network here, because he is a financial advisor. I don't manage money. You guys all know that. But Brian has been subscribing to the 200-day moving average. And basically, in, in the 200-day moving average model, you watch for long-term trends that indicate where the stocks will be going. Well, that 200-day that moving average was coming to a point last, not this past Friday, but the Friday before. We were approaching the, the push-through of the 200-day moving average, and that would, in, that would basically signal time to get back into the markets, which means that he helped people avoid any down from the middle of January, I think it was January 22nd, that he basically made the call and he started moving his clients out of the market into, into cash, believe it or not. So that lasted until a week ago this past Friday. However, I warned him on that Friday. Actually, I think it was the Thursday that we spoke, and there's probably a podcast right around that time as well. And I said, Brian, don't get, don't get too excited about having to do all this work to get back in the market. I said, this head fake is about to go under. It's not, it can't last. And he and I have been kind of betting on, on what the Fed does. He doesn't believe the Fed can continue to tighten interest rates. I don't think there's any choice. And I don't think it even matters, to be honest. But Wall Street has become addicted to cheap money. And they expect that the Fed will eventually say, we did our job. Uh, we stopped inflation. And now we can give money back. And, and that's just what we've been fed so much that it now is, is a bullish statement when the reality is if the government goes back to printing money, which by the way, as we're trying to tame inflation, we have a president who's, who's basically going out like a king and saying we're going to get rid of $500 billion of student loans. That's money owed to the government. Well, if it gets rid of it, if it forgives it, it means it goes on a balance sheet, right? It's now a recognized loss. The money's gone. Well, how do you explain doing that when we're fighting inflation? You can't turn around and say to all these kids that have been, and by the way, most of them haven't been paying on their student loans because of COVID, and now it'll just get forgiven. So they've already have that money in the system. Now the, the problem becomes when they tell people that they've got to start paying again come, I believe it's January now, they've pushed it off and they'll probably do it again. Well, that's going to be another shock to the economy because now all these, these people riddled with student debt are going to have to start paying it again. Well, Biden's going to put out a half a trillion dollars. Why? Because he needs to get the he needs to keep power. Um, the Democrats need to hold power if they're going to continue to do the things they're doing. So, in this video by Bonner, 
What he's talking about that I find incredibly interesting is two freight trains coming towards each other. Now, it takes him a half hour in this video because he's really good at keeping you watching it. And I'm not done. It's still on my screen from this morning, and I haven't finished it, but I will. And it doesn't tell you how long the video is. That's another brilliant thing that he does, but it creates an anxiety for me. Like, I, I, I have things I have to do. If I knew that it was a little bit longer, I would just download the transcript which I will do. I will be downloading his transcript. I will be highlighting it. I will be making notes of it. And I will use parts of it in the next webinar, which I'll have that date forthcoming. It's going to depend on, on my daughter and all the other little things that are going on. So we, we, uh, we have two freight trains out there, guys. And, and when you watch the video, the best thing about watching the video is if you've been to the webinars, you are going to see the same charts the same charts that I have shown for the last few years. Now, I'm not Bonner. I'm not a billionaire. I don't own 100,000 acres of land, but I'm a studier of people like him and, and the different people who expose what's really going on, not what we see on the financial channels. When you watch the financial channels, it it's, depends on what day of the week it is. Jim Cramer's either a bull or a bear. But these guys, they that's their whole world. They can't let the stock market be just fall apart, right? It's their jobs. It's their livelihood. So, they keep it going and they just keep us believing that, you know, oh, and this is going to make things better and, oh, this is going to make things worse. Well, if you really want to get to the underlying powers of what's going on, you've got to get outside of the financial channels. Don't watch them for a week. Instead, go online and read things that are contrary to what you want. Go read things that tell you or watch a video like by, by Bonner here That'll scare the bejesus out of you because it did me. I have to tell you, it rattled me. I, you know, I've been talking about getting my second citizenship. Um, I still don't know what what his recommendation is, and I'm, I'm probably into this thing for 45 minutes. But there is something is coming, um, and it's just because of the devaluation of the dollar. But more importantly, it's it's the it's the inflation side, the runaway inflation. And by the way. This guy is, he's seasoned, he's, he's at a point in his life where he doesn't need to do this, and he's kind of doing it as a, how do I help save other Americans from what has happened in other countries like Argentina? So in watching this, basically freight train number one is trying to move green too soon. We're really getting ourselves exposed to big risks in this country by decommissioning things like here in New York, you know, we, we took off uh, Indian Point, which was a massive nuclear plant um, on the Hudson River heading to New York City, about halfway between where I am here in uh, the, the Mid-Hudson Valley and New York City. There was a, a big nuclear power plant called Indian Point. And Indian Point produced a lot of power. Well, you know, Cuomo and, and the other Democrats in New York said that's bad, right? That that all that that power is just too dangerous, too polluting. We need to get that. And they took it offline. Meanwhile, you know, New York State is probably sitting on some of the, the biggest um, natural gas reserves in the country, if not the world. I mean, we have massive, massive. I, I wrote down the number. The, the amount of natural gas sitting under this state of New York that I live in is 38 trillion cubic feet of natural gas 38 trillion cubic feet new york state could be saudi arabia and here i am i'm actually getting a, a hybrid hot water heater because I, I am frugal right I, I can't stand waste and i can't stand when things that i can't control take away from me and my family so natural gas has been going through the roof if, you, if you're not on natural gas you can't feel the pain but if you're on natural gas 
I just had my first adjustment to my budget. Over $1,000 was the, the one-day charge, and then they jacked my monthly budget up by $150. I'm canceling that today. When I'm done with this podcast, I'm calling up my power company. I'm saying, okay, take me off this damn budget because I'm not going to use your natural gas like I've been using, so I'm not going to pay forward as if I am. So take me off the budget, and I will be putting a hybrid hot water heater in. If you don't know what those are, you should look into them. They're incredibly efficient. They are electric. However, they have a, a little miniature heat pump built on them. Now, I installed one in a rental property that we have, and it's remarkable. I, I hooked this thing up. I did the install myself. And when you turn it on, it just has this little fan. It's almost like a fan in a computer. It's so quiet. It just runs. And for those of you that might have a basement like we have here in New York and and have that uh, moisture problem most of our basements have, it's because it's a heat pump, it's also a basically a, a dehumidifier. So it's got a little pump in it. It'll pump clean water out of the air in the basement. And you could even save that water. I, I haven't thought about that yet, but I probably will save that water and then use that for, you know, plants inside the house or why, why get rid of it, right? It's perfectly clean water. It's being pulled out of the air. So um, I'm going for the hybrid hot water heater and that will bring my hot water cost down to about $115 a year. Now the electric will hardly be used because the heat pump will generate. Now in the winter time, I built my own wood boiler. If anybody remembers uh, all that glitters is not gold, and the wood truck, I am back. I'm, I'm actually working on the wood truck right now, putting a dump bed on it, and I'm going to keep that truck. And everybody's like, are you out of your mind? Well, I am. I'm going to redo it. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to make it into a wood truck, and I'm going to burn more wood this winter. Now, I know that's not green friendly, but you know what? Um, I can't save the world, and I don't know that any of us can really save the world by this green approach, but I can't stand the fact that there's trillions of cubic feet of natural gas in the state that I live in, and we're not getting it. You know, we've stopped fracking. We, we you're Basically, everything you could do wrong, and it's all wind power and solar. And, you know, the numbers are, are pretty shaky when you look at where we are in this, this attempt to go green. Um, when you look at the numbers, we right now, if you take wind and solar and look at what it contributes to the power grid, it's about 12%. So we're cutting off all of this fossil fuel because we think this 12% is going to keep us going. Now, if you've been watching, there are certain places, like in Texas, where they're telling you don't charge your electric cars except at night, because it's such a precarious balance right now between the grid being able to control how much energy we need, right? So we're already looking at the potential of, because it has moved to green, that we're going to have rolling blackouts. We're going to have difficulty balancing the grid because we don't get enough. Now, coal, just to give you an idea, and there's there's very fuel that I know of, uh, coal plants still going, but coal still accounts for 22% of all the power in the grid. So with all this, with all these solar panels you see going up and those windmills you see every once in a while, about 12% is getting into the grid, and it's all subject to different things like darkness and wind not blowing. Now, when you look at what the projections are, we're not estimated to get to, by the year 2050, about 38% of the power in the grid will be coming from wind and solar. So while we're, we're shutting off gas exploration, we're not letting uh, pipelines be finished in the United States, we're basically choking our ability to use fossil fuels for this great big you know, dream of going green. And again, a lot of what I'm talking about is covered in this video, so I'm, I'm, 
I'm hoping that everybody will be inspired to watch the video. And if you can't find it on CNBC, shoot me an email. It's Brett, B-R-E-T-T, at retirementarchitecture.com. And I'll send you these links for, that I'm talking about today. Watch the video. Watch it from start to end. You have to be ready for what we're about to go into, which is, you know, the the it's almost like the, what was that show? Um, Game of Thrones, right? It was the dark winter, the long winter coming. Well, it seems like that is coming. I am concerned. By the way, this weekend, it was in the upper 80s. And Sunday, I was out splitting firewood, right? I was out and sweating my rear end off splitting firewood. Why? Because I'm probably going to put about eight cords of wood away this winter. Now, you know, everybody laughs and says, oh, what is he, just crazy? No, I'm not crazy. But I, I believe that if I need that, I want to have it. You know, I, I, if there's going to be a challenge to natural gas, if they're going to put restrictions on, and I don't know, I mean, know how they do that. The good thing about natural gas is that the pipeline is the storage system. But I, I am concerned about the price of it. And yes, it's, it's through the roof. It's, it's multiplied several times over what it used to be. And I'm not going to be a part. I'm not going to be a victim of it. So, you know, I'm warning all of you out there. If you're not watching oil, you should be watching oil. We have recessionary fears. We have a second round of what I believe will be the bear market. I think we're probably going to test the lows. My belief is that we might even challenge the COVID lows in the next couple months. And, and if not by November, and there's a reason I'm picking November. November 1st is when... Uh, we stop releasing oil from the um, Federal Strategic Reserve. That's in November. At the same time, China is going to probably be coming out of its ma mandatory lockdowns, which means that there's going to be an increase in demand. And then, of course, winter, right? So we all need oil and, and, and that's in the such in the United States and everywhere else it gets cold. And then you're going to have China coming back to the market and they'll just keep Russia going, right? So, so China and India will just keep all the, the, the oil flowing out of Russia and gas. So, you know, that, that can continue and Vladimir can keep fighting his war for who knows how long. But the point of it is, is that I personally believe in, and I saw it in the video. Now, I'm not going where Bonner's going because it's, he's basically going to a point that I can't even fathom. He's saying that oil per barrel could go as high as $500. $500 a barrel. Is that even possible? Well, why not? If, if the demand is such, and if the poker chips get big enough, who's to say that oil can't go to $500 a barrel? Especially when you have one of the greatest gas tanks in the world, the United States, playing in the political games that it plays with going green. You know, this whole move to go green. They don't even understand these politicians that are making these, these calls are not qualified to make these calls. They don't understand things. I don't understand it. I'd be the first one to admit it. Go ask AOC if she understands it. She'll tell you she does. What about Biden? He probably thinks he does. But it's, it's, they just have no clue. They're, they're talking about things and making policy on things they don't understand. And all they have in Washington are a whole bunch of, of yes people that tell them yes to everything they say and do. So we, we've got oil to worry about. November is going to be a critical time. It's interesting that they chose November 1st because the impact of shutting off the strategic reserve will not impact the markets for probably, well, it, it will impact the markets, but it won't impact the election. So there's definitely a reason why we're cutting back the oil right at the same time people are making their decision at the, 
at the polls to who they will vote. Now, oil is up. I'm looking at my screen right now. Oil's up to $96 right now. It's up almost $3 today. Why is oil going up if we're potentially going into a recession? Why, why is oil climbing? This is back to where oil goes back up to $5 a gallon, folks. This is not where oil goes down to $2 and change. We got lulled into this idea that right now for something is a bargain. It's not a bargain. It's a pain. There's still a lot of pain at the pump. What's, where, where are we measuring this from? Now, you, you know about my gas station economic you know, indicator, right? So when, when people go get gas, and I got to say, I'm a little guilty of this. I bought $50 of gas on Saturday. Now, part of that was I was just angry that it was $50 and I wasn't full yet. It got me close, but it was 50 bucks. But I looked around, and on Saturday, I've been noticing that more people were filling their cars up. That was not the case for this past Saturday. I bought the most gas at all the pumps that I looked at. And I went around all of them. I drove my car. I went, I looked at what they're doing and I do this. And I, I encourage you guys to do this because it'll start helping you understand what the consumer's going through. It's the first thing we look at, right? What's the one thing we all have to buy? We have to buy gas. We don't have to buy beer. We don't have to, you know, buy the steaks or, you know, there's things we can be cutting out of our budget, but we can't cut gas out and we can't cut oil out. And here in the Northeast, we, a lot of people use oil to heat their houses, and I have a good buddy of mine. He owns a, a local oil uh, delivery company, and he said he's very concerned about people being able to pay and his company being in trouble for that. You know, he's a nice guy, and he, he, he'll work with people, but he said, Brad, I don't know what to do. If everybody starts asking me, can they pay me, you know, Tuesday for a hamburger today, he, he's going to be in trouble. He doesn't want to deal with this, but he's, he's a good guy. And so he's got that, Oh man, what do I do? Tell people no and let them freeze. Or do I go bankrupt, you know, feeding everybody with oil and not getting paid. So it's happening guys. It's all around us. So the gas tank indicator, here's another one. How about the fact that 20 million households in the United States are behind on their, their utility bill, 20 million guys, people don't stop paying their electric bill because they're busy. They can't pay their electric bill because it's going up so much, just like mine did. You know, my electric bill is, is closing in on $500 a month. I can't even believe I'm saying that. So that's why I'm canceling my budget, and I'm saying, okay, let's bill me for what I actually use. And uh, I will not heat my house this winter with natural gas, and I will not heat my hot water with natural gas. But my dryer still runs on natural gas. My stove still runs on natural gas. So I, I still will have to have that gas meter running, but it's going to be cut way, way down. You will not hear my furnace run this winter. And it's actually good exercise to get out and split wood and carry wood. It's not a bad thing to do. So, But not everybody can do that. Not everybody has, has gone ahead and built their own, you know, hybrid furnace for their house like I did. Um, so, I, you know, if, if oil hits $500 a barrel, guys, you don't even have to, you, you just know how bad it's going to go. You don't even have to, listen to Bonner and, and see how all the dots connect. But it all goes back to our food supply. That's where we got to start being concerned. If oil goes that high, if diesel, and by the way, here's another stat that I learned on his video, which really angered, gave me anger. So I, I was trying to understand why the spread between diesel and gas is, is, is so much. Why, why is that? Well, it, in the Northeast, there's now seven refineries that make diesel. There used to be, I think, 27 or 30. So we've cut back the ability to actually create the diesel, which is why there's been such a scarcity of diesel. 
Now, if you're not sure of that, just talk to a friend, somebody that's got a small business that has multiple vehicles or machinery that runs on diesel. I have lots of buddies of mine. They're just crying the blues. They're like, I, I, I got to pass it on to the customer. And the customer thinks I'm getting rich and I'm just trying to fuel my trucks. Well, if we keep going and if we hit the, I think we're going to hit $120 a barrel in November. I think it'll be mid to end of November, probably around Thanksgiving um, when the holiday traffic goes, I think we'll be looking at a buck twenty a barrel, and then you're back up to five dollars or more for for gasoline, diesel seven eight dollars. Winter time, it gets worse, guys. This is really serious. Now, again, not about trying to scare you. I'm I'm trying to to get you off the financial channels and get you out of that bull market belief. You're a baby boomer. You are at a you 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 are at an all time high minus right. What are you down fifteen percent right now? Maybe if you if you got caught a little bit, you, and now with the with the recent drop and who knows what happens this week, you may be going back down where you get scared again. <clears throat> but what I've been saying all along, there's got to be a methodology to your thinking when you're a baby boomer. Number one, you have to pass money on to your children. You have to do that. Stop thinking they're going to be fine. They're not going to be fine. If our economy goes through a 10, 15-year reset and children that are working and making big money end up being unemployed, guys, don't think that they're going to be okay. And, and why, would you, why would you use that as a rationale to take a whole bunch of cavalier, you know, recklessness in trying to grow your money more than what you already have? You know, as a baby boomer, if you're sitting on that, that, that windfall of money, you have to protect it. Now, the first thing I did, and I'm going to tell you, the other reason I didn't do a podcast before today is that a lot of people showed up for my last webinar, and that was back, I don't know, a month ago, just about now. And uh, no, it was about, what was it, Aunt, 15 days ago, maybe? I don't know. It seems like a month ago. It was uh, August 10th, right? So August 10th, I did the webinar and got a great turnout. And it was my first in a year because I stopped last, not a year, but probably in about, I don't know, maybe seven months, six months um, or less. I think I did one in June. So, yeah, June 1st. So, I, it was, I took the summer off, right? So, yeah, I took the summer off. Well, so the response from that. So, number one, we had one of our larger turnouts, which I was really happy to see. But the topics really generated a lot of interest. And that has kept me super, super busy to the point where I no longer try to push ideas on people. I just try to serve people who like what I talk about. So, you know, if, if, if I go through a, a worksheet and I show you how the numbers work, I was just showing people why they have to build income. Uh, and I've been very successful with it. And I've been doing things that I never did before. I'm recommending annuities to people. I'm like, I never used to recommend annuities because I came from that generation. But when it comes to having income, when it comes to knowing you can afford your life, that's the first thing you have to do as a baby boomer. You know, if, if, if Bonner's prediction, predictions are even close, your wealth will be slashed, not just from the devaluation of your stock positions and your, your bullishness, but because of the, ex, the expense of things that will cost you to maintain not just your lifestyle, but your lives and your family. So your, your big pile of wealth, inflation can tear it apart, tear it apart. Um, 50%, you know, inflation, it can happen, right? We can be looking at a double cost of everything that we have, and it's already starting to happen. You know, you go to the grocery store, and it's like shocking how everything costs so much money. I went to Home Depot the other day. I barely got a, a paper bag of stuff, and it was 150 bucks. 
I'm like, what the heck did I just buy? That was $150. You, you just find yourself scratching your head. So the first thing I'm going to recommend to everyone, and, and if you want the time from me, and, and I'm not being arrogant, I'm just saying what we build here is exceptional. When we give you the ability to see your entire finances moving as one in a massive document, and I've been sending, we've been shipping more blueprints, our big, big paper prints in the last, what, how many you have to go out today, Ant? Like eight or nine? Oh, 10. He's giving me the 10 signal. He's got 10 to go out today. Well, uh, you know, I'm offering that. And again, we don't charge, right? So yes, I did get a sponsor. I've got a company out of Fort Wayne, Indiana, loves what we do. And I've got a great relationship with them. And we're doing really, really well. And I've got new advisors who, you know, they, they used to be the ones, oh, don't do the safe money. Let me, let me gamble your money and make you more. Well, those guys are getting nervous. And they're actually looking to my company now, what we do here, to, to be more of a fiduciary. They're looking to protect their clients and they're saying, you know what, we're, we're not so confident anymore. We, we really need to make sure that our clients can at least live and, and they're looking for that surety of that income. You know, how can they get their income? So um, we're running conservative numbers. And by the way, you know, uh, if you look at what annuities do, this is something to think about. You know, the old saying, don't fight the Fed. So what's the Fed doing? The Fed is raising interest rates, which will ultimately help collapse stock prices. So if you're, if you want to fight the Fed, stay bullish. You're fighting the Fed. You're believing that the equities can only go up. And, and, and when the Fed is tightening rates, which is a drag on, you're fighting the Fed guys. Why would you fight the Fed? So if you want to go with the Fed, then go on the interest rate side of things. How do you do that? Well, you get into things that play in the safe money space not necessarily bonds. There's just different things that you can do. And, and when you work inside the insurance space, they don't lose money. Right now, the one, I just built a plan for, for a doctor client. And uh, when I went through and I built it, I, I, I had to go outside my own comfort zone. And I, I do network with others who are much, much better at this than me. And I say, okay, I need to get this product built into here. And I need to not fight the Fed, blah, 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 the whole thing I'm talking about. Well, the one thing we did, which was kind of cool, is we actually looked at the fixed rate with a multiplier for income. And my God, I was looking at a five point, I'm going to say 5.7, just to be careful, because I don't have it in front of me. But could you imagine getting a fixed rate on your income of 5.7 in this market? And by the way, I'm still Roth converting like a maniac. I'm helping people do the Roth conversions. Now, remember, I'm only talking about income. You need to identify how much of your wealth should be dedicated to your income. That's what I do. On the other side, I'll just tell you, I like the 200-day moving average. I would be considering, I definitely still like silver. And I think the more that the precious metals get beat down by the confusion of the Fed, the more the opportunity is to get into them. I still like silver because it's so much cheaper than gold. And silver is a very useful metal. So it's still a cool thing to be getting into. And I think you might be able to pick up silver uh, what was it? Silver, I believe, was just down around $18, but I guarantee you it didn't stay down there. Oh, yeah, it's eighteen seventy four right now. Still a good time to pick up silver. Gold has been getting its head handed to it. Gold is uh, gold is now, it's up $3.40 today, but it's at seventeen fifty three. Um, our markets are kind of just staying flat, which is another bad sign when you have a massive down day on Friday. Everyone is trying to figure out what's the next play. What do I do next? Well, the advisor's are like, man, I just put people in the market and the market just tanked. What do I do? If, if people jumped the 200-day moving average, they got in, they immediately lost money. 
Um, Brian didn't do it. Brian held tight. He said, okay, I'm, I'm going to wait and see what happens. And sure enough, it, it pulled right off of that 200-day moving average. So the theme today is, is one, a couple of things I suggest you do. Get the book and read the book about when money dies. I think that is going to be an incredible um, class of economics of how inflation and money works, when money dies. The other is this America's Nightmare Winter by Bonner. And, and again, it's something that I think it's scary um, and maybe scary's good. Maybe we need to stop listening to Jim Cramer and all of the CNBC and, and Fox Business Channel, all the pundits that are out there just trying to figure it out. Uh, many of which have never really even been through the, the the big collapse. Although there's some you know older older folks on CNBC that have gone through the last 2008 you know financial breakdown. So my my the thing I can help you with is I can help you with income. I can help you with income. I have now dedicated the rest of my business to being efficient on taxes and generating income and telling you how much you have to go play with. Take and get your income. If I said to you. I can get you a pension that will be tax-free that you can't outlive. And if you die, your wife can't outlive. How fast would you be inquiring about that? That's what we're talking about here, guys. We're talking about being able to get an income. And if you can do it efficiently with Roth conversions, it becomes tax-free. Why is that important? Because you'll pay less tax on Social Security. You'll pay less tax on everything. If, if you can get rid of your taxable RMDs, and convert it to what amounts to a pension that's tax-free for the rest of your life that you cannot outlive. And I've actually demonstrated for some of these doctors and others that I've been working with that if they use this and they have the give, they have the benefit, and how, it depends on how you look at it, I guess, of longevity, and if they do live to be 100 years old, they'll actually have more value, more wealth, if they can build an income that they now don't need. You know, if inflation goes up, big deal. I'm running inflation at 3%, 4% now, and I have to make sure that we create enough income for that. Well, if you're going to go through a tailspin in the market and you're going to lose your money to the markets and then you're going to get hit with devaluation and inflation, that wonderful retirement lifestyle that you believe that you have, that you're responsible to your family for, whether it's your spouse, your partner, wherever you are, if you make the wrong call here and you had it, what could be worse? What could be, what could be a worse feeling of failure than doing that? And you don't have to because it's a compromise. So I, I have a certain number of slots that we're taking on now. We're being very careful. We don't waste a lot of time. Um, we're not trying to push rocks uphill. You know, we're not trying to, to, to lead the horse to water and try to make it drink. We're basically saying, if you want this pathway, if you want to understand your income, if you want to understand where your safety, your, 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 uh, your area of safeness is, let me build you a tax-free income that you can't outlive. Yes, it's going to have the word annuity. Oh, damn, Brett just said annuity again. Yes, it's going to include that because we need insurance. We need insurance on all of this stuff. We're going to need to transfer the risk of us getting it right or getting it wrong. So if you want to see how a modern-day annuity with, with a Roth conversion can help you with income, Shoot me an email, brett at retirementarchitecture.com. I'll have someone from the company contact you. They'll gather updated information if we have some of your stuff already. We will look at your lifestyle. You have to understand what your budget is now and in, and in retirement. We have to put inflation on it. And I will build you that income 
in the most confident way possible. And in some cases, people are saying, hey, give me that fixed rate. I don't even want to use the indexing. But I still believe in indexing because remember, when these, when these uh, indices set, let's say there's a crash and the market goes down 25% and whatever the indice follows in kind maybe goes down 10 15%. Each year, these annuities are like ratchets. They lock in what they have. They don't spin backwards. And then they also reset to whatever the markets are. And they can get another bite if the markets come back five, but they were down 15. You're up that net, that amount each year because of the ratcheting way. So if you don't understand this, A, get rid of all the preconceived notions and everything you read on the internet and your, your Ken Fishers and all the other people that, you know, oh, you don't invest. This isn't about investing. This is about buying an income. Invest your dollars with whomever you trust, but it's time to separate your monies. You need income and then you need your investments. Use others for the investments. Let me help you build the income. Retirement architecture, that's what it's all about. It's about doing your arc, your retirement in a way similar to people build buildings and, and structures with science, with surety. And that's what we do. So um, I'm going to check. I saw that I got a call a few minutes ago. I'm going to do a, a goodbye here. I'll end with the same song, Should Have Seen It Coming. Uh, we'll play that. I'm going to keep playing it. Like I said, Billy Bragg, if you're out there, give me a ring. If not, I'm going to chase you down because I love your song. It's so timely. Um, everyone stay well. Watch the video. Shoot me an email, brett at retirementarchitecture.com if you want any of the links from today's podcast. But do it. Expose yourself to it. Scared is okay because it helps you be prepared. So here you go. We, sh we all should have seen it coming. Don't say this in December through a pile of tears in your your napkin so uh stay well everyone god bless should have seen it coming but i looked the other way i didn't